basketball. You know, you know how we do. Now we, we're recording now, Dane. So go ahead and you want to start us off. You want to you want to switch it up and intro the duo today. Oh man, no, that's that's I can't switch it up because then if I do, something's gonna go wrong. Something will go wrong. Like for example, put my mic all the way back and thinking I'm doing something else, and the whole episode I'm not recording with the actual mic. I don't want to do that. We've been it, it through happens. this before. We've been through this before. It happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, who was that? Chappelle told us that. Yeah, man. You had your mic issue and then it finally came I, up. I forgot what we were doing, man. But I pushed the mic away and that mug was way over there the whole episode. And then realized that. Hey, Keith, halfway through, I don't know if you remember, halfway through the episode, Dan's like, oh my God. And then you, you could yeah, see, yeah, yeah. like, you could hear the volume difference. <laughs> yeah. I was so no, I remember that. Myself, yeah. Bro. So, I was uh, hot. Yeah, I've, you know Chappelle. Have you met him in person? Uh, yeah, I met him at the wedding. That's right. Yeah, he 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 had texted me. He's like, bro, I was about to text you and be like, job, <laughs> and then right when he he got to the part right where Dave said, "Oh my god." <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, I guess I'll intro now. Uh, right. Episode eighty six of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my ace. My guy, my best man, Dane Beasley. Dane, we're joined by the one man, and only. Uh, man, the, the one the, and only. You know what? The man, the myth, the legend goes by so many different, so many long, different names. Long overdue. Yes. Uh known this guy since college, freshman year. Who he has, I would say, arguably like the the more than a friend of the show. He's low key yeah. like a producer as well because yeah, he, he's given he us so many of our. Uh, creative sounds that you hear right. on the duo our guy keith keith how you doing my guy i'm doing fantastic it is great to be here yeah omg hey. what's the superlative for this episode because i was gonna do some research i was like man who's the number 86 and i was like nah hey. i'm gonna let them yes see keith keith knows keith keith <laughs> watches listens to the show and 86 right so shout out to keith i googled Oh, who you got? 86. There's a website. And there's a, a website dedicated of, to this? Yes. So every jersey number they have dedicated to players, right? Okay. So we're on episode 86 now. So here's a list of the top uh, 86 wearers in the uh, in the NFL. So Pro Football Hall of Fame players that wore 86. Buck Buchanan, I'm not familiar with. Dante Lavili, I'm not familiar with. James Lofton who played for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Heinz Ward, not in the Hall of Fame, but he's probably the the biggest one. Yeah, he'll be there at some point. But, yeah, I guess you could say this is the Heinz Heinz Ward episode. Speaking of Heinz Ward, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just what he did to Ed Reed, man, I just, that was, ah. Yeah. That just, people people know what I'm talking about. They're they're cringe right now thinking about, this is like, Mm. It's like it's like uh, that line from Iron Man, Iron Man Two. It's like if you, if you can make God bleed, will people still believe? Like mm-hmm. like Ed Reed was like the goal for me at least the gold standard of like could do no wrong in terms of a player all the way around, and to see him get depleted like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Ed Reed's coaching now, right? I think he's assistant somewhere, Where? or like a, a, a analyst or something for a school. Probably. The- um, but yeah, man, appreciate our guy Keith for coming through. I feel like I should do like I have like all the sounds that Keith has created for our pod, like on the the Rodecaster Pro. So I might randomly just drop, drop 
if Keith <laughs> says something off the chain, I'm gonna just drop like <laughs> like that. <laughs> that was kind of tight. Hey, huh? that, was, that, was, that was clean. Hey, look, you, you get what? It... Thank you, sir. Oh, Thank you, very kind, sir. That was clean. <laughs> yes, the chief of staff of the the at the. He's not at the U, is he? No, the Bills. No, he's with the Bills in 2006. No, he's with Miami still. He's with Miami still, according to Google. Of course, okay. this is from October, so could be. Yeah, could I, think, be I remember seeing him on the sideline somewhere, but I couldn't remember where. I did not know um, he was with the Bills at one point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got Keith in the building um, with this episode. Long overdue. Appreciate you, Keith, for coming through. Um, yeah, we got a load of topics here. First, thank you to everyone that's watching and listening to episode 86. Been rocking with us since day one. We appreciate it. Remember, you can listen on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all those good things. Also, our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. Um, off the top rope, man. Uh it, it was some some happenings in the world of uh, college football with with our guys <laughs> Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, which I, I didn't know Jimbo had smoke for Nick Saban like that, bro. Um, and before before I get to y'all, we we gotta we gotta preface and let the people know that you know have possibly been living under a rock. What right. what went down? So I have the, I have some sounds loaded up some some. Some uh, audio and video for our YouTube uh, listeners and viewers. Uh, so Nick Saban was talking. Dane, was it at like a one of those um, booster events? Yeah, it's essentially a good way for him to get into those deep pockets, and of course, right. let people let players know that he's still that dude. Like, yeah, don't and let the money fool you. Yeah, don't let the money fool you. One of those events, like you see coaches go to with the people, like booster club events, all right. that stuff. But well, there's a lot of talk, obviously going on with nil and paying for players so to speak and this is what nick saban had to say viewer discretion is advised you know name image and likeness to me is a great concept for players Um, players have always been allowed to work Uh, this is just a different opportunity for them to make money by working and using their own name image and likeness whether it's signing autographs whether it's doing commercials or ads for some company or whatever so there's nothing wrong with that. And I told our players when this whole thing started to get agents, get representation. Um, and so you create opportunities for yourself. And our players last year created $3 million worth of opportunity for themselves by doing it the right way. And I have no problem with that. And nobody had a problem on our team with that because the guys that got the money earned it. Now, there were only 25 guys on our team that had the opportunity to earn money. The issue and the problem with name, image, and likeness is coaches trying to create an advantage for themselves. I went out and said, okay, how could we use this to our advantage? They created what's called a collective. And the coach actually knows how much money's in the collective, so he knows how much he can promise every player. That's not what name, image, and likeness was supposed to be. That's what it's become, and that's the problem in college athletics right now. And now every player is saying, well, what am I going to get? Well, my philosophy is my job is to create a platform for our players to create value for themselves and their future by becoming better people, uh, by graduating from school and developing a career off the field, and by seeing if they can develop a career on the field and play at the next level in the NFL. Our players have made $1.7 billion in the NFL since 2010. 
But now in recruiting, we have players in our state that grew up wanting to come to Alabama that they won't commit to us unless we say we're going to give them what somebody else is going to give them. And my theory on that is everything that we've done in college athletics has always been equal. Your scholarship is equal. They get equal Austin, Austin money. They get equal uh, cost of attendance. Uh, they get equal academic support. They get equal medical attention. Everything has always been equal. So I told our players, I said, we're going to have a collective, but everybody's going to get the same amount of opportunity from that collective. Now, you can go earn however much you want. And I tell the recruits the same thing, because our job is not to buy you to come to school here. And I don't know how you manage your locker room, and I don't know if this is a sustainable model, uh, because one of you folks are going to give some player that comes to our school a bunch of money to come to our school. And then you're going to come to the game in full strut, I thinking I'm going to tell everybody I got that guy to come to Alabama. And then he's not going to play, and he's going to transfer, and you're going to say, I'm never going to do this again. All right, so I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know how you sustain a model like that. Now, I know that we're going to lose recruits because somebody else is going to be willing to pay them more. Um, but name, image, and likeness is something that's here. Um, the thing that I fear is at some point in time, they're just going to say we're going to have to pay players. If we start paying players, we're going to have to eliminate sports. It's not supposed to be something where people come and make money. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's tough. I should have I should have prefaced earlier by saying it was a three and a half minute clip, but I felt like it was all encompassed. Like I had to add it all in there. Um, Dane Dane was putting notes in the on our video for different quotes Nick Saban was saying, but the right uh, way. Yeah, what what do you think the about the game that? the right way? <laughs> There's so many microaggressions and uh, racial undertones in that. It, I guess coming to the one thing when you when you're a fan of this sport or any sport, college specifically, you have to come to an understanding that there are a lot of men and women that lead these athletes that might not have your best interests at heart. And they may say things that don't necessarily align up what you agree with. But this one in particular was just like, he really went there. And I don't know. We we all like to joke. I mean, I know personally I like to joke and say, you know, your savings and your Billichecks, they're always ahead of the game. They're two steps ahead. They're playing the game the one way, um, the chess way, and everyone else is playing checkers, catching up. But this one was just kind of like far to left field. So it's like either he's scared or – That's what you had tweeted. Yeah, if he's scared, I I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Keith? So <laughs> – I saw this guy tweeting, and I'm going to preface this by saying, the closer you are to a program, the more you tend to know about it. Um, and I saw a guy tweeting. He was like, um, everybody knows the dealerships that were leasing out Bama players, like brand new chargers for a dollar. Yeah. And their families just magically moved to Tuscaloosa 
with a new job and stuff like that. So I find it interesting that somehow he's gotten through all these years and championships with that going on and everybody on the inside knowing what's going on. Right. And it's like being not really an open conversation, but one of those things where it's just like, okay, we know what's going on, but NCAA hasn't done anything <laughs> about it. So. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I agree. It's like one of those unspoken things. Right. And I, I was reading about an article that had mentioned, like it was asking different other uh, like ADs and college coaches around the uh, NCAA, what they thought about this situation before we get to Jimbo. Uh, and they, everyone always said like, it was one of those unspoken things and Nick Saban going out on the limb to like mention A&M. Um, mm. It's like, I, I immediately already thought the name of the episode of this particular episode and what the premise of this argument and feud is, is the pot and the kettle because they're both talking about what each other do. Like everybody, it's like, everybody knows, right? You did it here. You did it here. And so now it's all in the open because what is legal in, in a sense with, with NIL and players being able to get paid, but, I think it's one for Nick Saban before we get to Jimbo. One, Nick Nick Saban, he feels the heat, right? That's right. why at the very end of this statement, he he mentions AM, name drops AM. And then also he had mentioned, and I didn't have it in the clip, uh Deion Sanders and Jackson State with Travis Hunter signing mm. for one mil. And Deion was ready to go off. Actually, he actually did respond. Yeah. Uh classy. To, uh, very yeah. classy way, too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think. I think Nick Saban is, I mean, he's as seen as the greatest college football coach of all time, right? And it's 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 the pressure, right? Getting the recruits, recruits that Alabama always got. I mean, they're still kind of getting them, but, I mean, other teams have that advantage of luring recruits, you know, based on NIL, all those other things. And it's not as level as he sees it. Um, but I think it's just Alabama has always been Bama as far as getting recruits, um, in an unspoken way, as far as, you know, the money that may or may have not come in. So I think, I think that's, (laughs) I mean, that is what it is. But when, when Jimbo, let's, let's listen to Jimbo's clip is like two and a half minutes. And so at the end of that, Nick Saban's spat, you see he dropped, he dropped A&M. A&M's name as far as they he said A&M paid for every player correct that's what he said yeah he bought all right so (laughs) so next day the very next day it is like a a a pay-per-view event basically next day uh Jimbo calls a press conference and this is what this is what he had to say like to respond to some comments made last night in Alabama Uh, yes I would first of all I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this it's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. That they broke state laws. That they're, that they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen 
And it's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us. Yes, it is. It's personal to a and It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it for our players who are coming here, who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way. I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. But I promise you this, there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. So that was Jimbo Fisher. When he said the, the God bar, I, I literally, I, I'm so slow, y'all. I thought he was like making a, uh, like throwing shots at God. <laughs> he, said, he said, go and look up how God did his deal. I was like, what? He's like, oh, you talking about saving. I'm so yeah, slow. <laughs> but hey, yeah, uh, Jimbo clap back, bro. Um, I mean. Why don't white cry uh <laughs> i first like this is the gloves off kind of response right where mm-hmm. if you're jimbo i feel like you probably have to defend yourself and defend your school whether it's true or not um but i think it still goes back to the the pot and the kettle situation like mm-hmm. when when nick saban kind of jump off the cliff so to speak and spoke on whatever like name dropping AM, it's like Right. Man, everybody does it. Like every, everybody's doing it, right? So it's it's more so a shot at M A and M saying that they can't recruit players without money, and I think that's one of the other reasons why Jimbo kind of defended himself and defended the school the way the way he did. Mm. You know the situations where you're as former athletes when you're listening and you have to sit there and listen to your coach, you know, fuss at you because of the actions of a few people. That's what that felt like. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't in the wrong or anything in my thought process or what I was doing as a person, but like, damn, what do we do wrong coach? Like why, why are we getting the brunt of this? Like, I know it's, it's not us that you're mad at, but I feel like this is all this, like, that's what I feel like. This is uh, verbal respectively abusing this man because it's, I mean, honestly, I I don't I'm not an A and M fan. Never claimed to be. I, quite frankly, I 
I don't like him at all, but you got to respect it for the fact that he put himself out there and was just a shield, not only for his players, but just for the organization and the culture that he's built. And to have, yeah, because they, they beat AM or not, AM beat Bama. Uh, right. So it's like to have that in there, like an additional chip on their shoulder going into the season, like, man, this, this is making October 8, 2022. Beautiful rivalry. Like if it's if it's not there, obviously, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be on the level of Auburn and Bama, but it's this is shaping up to be like we're gonna, I'm going to be tuned in, like, and I, oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure like that's the 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 flame that's being lit right now for them. But <sighs> what about the kids, man? What about <laughs> the kids? What about the kids? That was the there was a, oh which they key. <laughs> I said that was the dagger when he brought up like, oh, you you're gonna come at these 17 year old kids. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he brought the kids into it. Oh yeah, man. It's yeah, it's of course it dominated the headlines, obviously, with these two. And I don't know, of course the article comes out after, but uh Jimbo had mentioned in his thing about, you know, coaching under him at LSU and they didn't really see eye to eye, which maybe of course the people close to the situation knew, but the article dropped from the athletic detailing you know the long dispute or you know tension that they had between the two because they play face for sure in front of the cameras and stuff until until this other other thing yeah um so i saw something on twitter and i i forgot the uh the actual person that tweeted this but (laughs) i have to play it on the podcast because it's funny as hell it's this jim the jimbo fisher clip shortened with the Nas uh, beat under the F when he went at Jay-Z. <laughs> and so I got to play Jimbo again, but with the beat <laughs> behind it. It's, it's despicable that a reputable head coach can come out and say this when he doesn't get his way, or things don't go his way. A narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, Go talk to coaches who coach them. You'll find out all the parents. Go dig in wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families in Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. But we aren't, we're always going to be here. Jimbo dropping the bars. That, Drop the that ether, using, if you will. Yeah, the ether. Why? Using always is, is you know, like when you're in school, the always never – like using those, like when you read a question, be like always, never, sometimes, right? Always is tricky, man, because if some come up about A and M, people <laughs> coming back to Jimbo talk right. about talk about this right. situation. But yeah, man, October October eighth is is going down. The game is in where is the game at? It's in Alabama, so that should be Woo. that should be interesting, man. But also NCAA NCAA news. Conference championships are no more, or the conferences have the option to not have divisions, which I think it was with everything happening with the mergers and uh, conference expansion. I feel like that's something that's um, a long time coming, as well as they removed the uh, counter limits on scholarships. So it's like a 25, I think it's a 25 player kind of like, not a practice squad, but they have a 25 extra slots that essentially that the team can use, which with transfers, the transfers like 
insane the last two years, three years um, with the rule for the one-time transfer where you could be eligible instantly. Um, you'll probably see rosters flip from year to year. Like with, you know, the Blitnikoff winner, Jordan Addison, signing with USC. Um, that that USC squad is looking like crazy, bro. His draft stock. Off, I mean, we like to say that there's, a, there's, there's parity in terms of if you play good, the NFL scouts will recognize you. But you playing at a pit and you go to playing on the other coast, primetime slots, and where everybody's going to be watching, this draft stock is literally going to go like this. All he has to do is have an average year. Right. That's it. Yep. Browns re-signed Jadavion Clowney. Okay. Oh, Clowney. Clowney's re-signed. Clowney re-signed. Yeah, re-signed, re-signed with the with the Browns, with the Brownies. Yep. See how that goes. All right. Um. Popped up. So um, we have the USFL. Have you paid? Have you any of y'all paid attention to USFL this year? I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I have not. I've 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 more I've been more excited about the XFL just because I feel like the rule sets rule changes are a lot more different than what we're used to. Uh-huh. Um and it's coming back February 2023 and right. the USFL signed a deal with Fox Sports so all those all those games that have happened for the USFL have been on Fox so mm-hmm. obviously XFL is going to go the other way, right? Signed with Disney and ESPN. They agreed to a five-year deal to broadcast all the games um, through the 2027 season. So that's that's very optimistic considering last time XFL um, was a thing got shut down. <laughs> no, and it, I mean, it, I, I, I went to the last game with uh, Daniel and Devin. We went mm-hmm. to the uh, – it was Dallas versus Houston, and uh, P.J. Walker was going off for Houston. And look, now he's in the NFL, but um, yeah, that having a lot of faith in a five-year contract is is big. So you know, they have the Rock at the helm with his ex-wife. Uh, I forgot her name. Um, Garcia, Garcia, Danny Garcia, um, co-owners of the XFL. So I'm excited to see um, how it's different. I know they're doing different kickoff rules, different extra point rules. Um, I, f- I see the NFL kind of using these as not development leagues, but probably development leagues for the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff that people want to see added in NFL games, kind of seeing how it, you know, how it's That's seen on the field. With the flow of the game. Yeah. See if it's going to make the games go by quicker or if it's going to be something that's going to elongate the games. And that's nobody wants that. <laughs> no. You already see that with the NBA. Like, nobody wants that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? I think it was something else. Oh, I saw a clip from, uh, Keith, did you ever watch the first XFL? Do you remember the first, when it very first, you remember he hate me? Yeah. I was smart. That's exactly. (laughs) That's what they they need to bring back. Yeah. Now that'd be hilarious. Rod smart. He hate me, (laughs) but yeah, XFL coming back February, 2023, each season's, 43 games will be aired on ABC, ESPN, and FX. Um, of course, Rock dealing with it, his deal with, uh, he had mentioned his deal with Disney and, you know, the movies and stuff that he's made with Disney is part of the partnership and why he agreed to this deal, which makes sense. So we'll see how the XFL comes about. 
next year. And from the NPR, Keith, I saw you tweet about this. Uh, you had a very funny tweet, and I'll get to you. But the headline is, the U.S. men's and women's soccer teams will be paid equally under a new deal. Rose Something Hill. that's been pushed, you know, in the in, I know for sure on social media for a while, and I'm sure there were other people pushing for it behind the scenes. Um, but the U.S. Soccer Federation announced Wednesday that it has reached a deal to pay the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team equally eliminating a contentious pay gap that saw female players earning less. The new collective bargaining agreements will run through 2028 and include the equalization of World Cup prize money, the organization announced. Um, Keith, what, what, <laughs> tell, tell the listeners what your tweet was about this. I just know my thoughts haven't changed. I don't remember my exact tweet. However, I'm going to put it this way. <laughs> You probably gonna say it again. With, 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 go ahead. America loves winners. The U.S. men's national team has been far, far, far away from being winners. The nice. women's team, on the other hand, what they got like two, three World Cups. I don't, they win the Olympics. Like they're always winning. And just off the top of my head, I can name Abby Wambach, uh, Hope Solo, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapino. Uh, Alex Morgan, and there's somebody else that's like on the tip of my tongue that I can't remember right now. But I just named like five people off the top. When like maybe in the '90s, the only pe- the only women's player that people knew was Mia Hamm. Mm-hmm. Go to the men's side: Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan. And that's all I know from yeah, the men. Tim Howard. Yep. Yep. And two of them are no longer playing. So it's like. Yeah. Who you got? From a marketing aspect, the women's team has been, at least for the past decade, way more popular than the men's team. So when you throw in the wins, the marketability, like the women should have been getting paid more than the men this entire time. And I hear people say, like, they talk about the market. And of course, people gravitate more towards men's sports. And that, like, I'm not saying it's the whoever the organization that makes these decisions. I'm not saying it's their responsibility to kind mm-hmm. of correct society's misperceptions. Okay. But that just speaks to the bias in the viewers. Like why why do why why has there been this long-standing discrepancy between viewership for men's and women's sports? Cuz going back to my original statement, Americans like to see winners. So if they know that their team is going to win. They're going to watch it. So, I don't know. Show me the ratings to prove me wrong or something. Mm-hmm. But the women's team has been holding it all the way down. I'm like like NBA, not NBA, but like the the men's basketball team level holding it down. Mm-hmm. So, no I'm going to step off there. my soapbox, but, no. you know. Dang, I can't even find you. I was trying to find your tweet, but. Deacon basically <laughs> broke it down the same way, but basically saying like the men, the women's team has had way more success than the men's team. And when this article dropped, that reminded me of the, you know, NBA and WNBA gap. Mm-hmm. And it really brought up a point because I, I can't remember what player, but there was a player recently in WNBA that got caught COVID 
And I think another player had retweeted it saying, thank you, WNBA. Cause they, I don't know if y'all know, but they, they fly commercial, yeah. right? They don't, they don't have private flights like NBA does. And so there's, that's been another fight that, you know, WNBA players and that they have had trying to get more, you know what I'm saying? For them, like. You, you remember the rationale? Them. You remember the rationale for that? I mean, other than the fact that it was collectively bargained, but it'd be an unfair competitive advantage for some teams that have access to private jets and things like that versus other teams who don't. So of course, you know, they all agreed to it to fly this way, but it's just like, we're talking about professional athletes of one of the right beneath soccer, one of the most popular sports in the world, like the world. And it just speaks to the level of poverty when, when you're talking about the comparison, and of course, there are two different leagues. They measure success two totally different ways in terms of uh, revenue and championships and things like that. But still, like this is it's a little ridiculous. But where do where do we where do we go from here? Yeah. I guess is the the, the big question for yeah. me. And on, on that WNBA gap that brings up the Brittany Griner situation because, you know, she's still over in Russia being detained and it's been, I want to say two months now. Yeah. Um, January, February, right? I, I think it was March, but I'm not positive, right. but I think it was early March, but the reason why she was over there, she was go, like, she goes over there to play in the league right. because they pay more they than the really WNBA. Good. Really good over there. Right. So yeah. if you bring that all back full circle, key full circle if you bring that all back full, full circle guys a nerd. did the WNBA and you know the players fighting for not necessarily equal pay but better you know accommodations and things of that nature um unfortunately led to you know the situation with Brittany Griner of course there's more components to it obviously but that was one of the main factors for her being there a lot of people ask why is she there and you know the Ukraine war was going on obviously but She's trying to make money. She's trying right. to um, make a living. Uh, I mean, I don't know what her bank account looks like, but who's, you know, not pocket watching, but that was one of the reasons why she was over there is because she gets paid more than she does in w- WNBA. So free Brittany Griner. Um, hopefully she can, they can come to some re- resolution where she can get back in the state soon. Um, Dane, do I want to talk about the conference finals? I mean, if it was, look, if it was one way, <laughs> you thought it was one way, but it's the other way. And where's my boy, uh, <laughs> where's my boy from the wire? Those of you who don't know who said that, then shame on you. Um, talking about Marlo Stanfield. Uh, Deontay, I know it's tough. I know y'all outdid yourselves the last the last series, last match that you had, you did the impossible. There's no way possible for you to think that it's not possible to happen this time too. Regardless <laughs> if it's a team that has one of the most amazing streaks, some of the most amazing runs that we've ever seen in the last 10 years, regardless of you guys have played historically bad defense or shot horrible, you guys can still do this. And I'm talking of no one other than the Dallas Mavericks. Down, was it 2-0? 2-0 right now? Yeah, could be by the time this episode comes out tomorrow, it could be 3 0. They play tonight, so have some hope. 
I, I'm, I'm going to have some hope here. Um, game three tonight, Sunday night in Dallas. We mm. fell down 0-2 last series to Phoenix, number one seed, best record in the NBA. <laughs> Came back in one and seven. Not the Warriors. Uh, but yeah, this this Golden State team is pretty legit, man. Um, championship, <laughs> championship pedigree. Three three championships, three championships. Lost count. Three, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to uh, win four games before they win two. Um, but <laughs> when you have a guy like Luca who can turn it on, and you know. He he's gonna get his, and it's obviously gonna come down to what it came down to last series, right? Where other players have to step up. Right. Last game, Jalen Brunson did that, but they couldn't play any defense. Like that comeback. I mean, Dallas was up, I think, like nineteen at some point, maybe more than that in game two, and um, they're they're live by the three, die by the three kind of team. And when that happens and you're still shooting shots and you're not making them and not going to the cup, getting to the basket, that that's a recipe for losing that lead, right? And right. when Golden State got the lead back, boys just couldn't play defense at that point. Steph started becoming Steph, um, feeding off the, the crowd energy, and it was a wrap at that point. Um, but if Dallas is going to have to – or if Dallas wants to to you know even the series with these next two games at home, they got to play defense. They got to play out of their mind. They got to have some type of inside presence on defense. Letting Kayvon Looney have a career night in Game Two. Um, but yeah, man, that that series. What what's funny? I can I can um, let it out, baby. Go ahead, <laughs> let it out. I can. I'll turn on the game for winning. I, I automatically assume that a comeback. I mean, you, and you've seen it in the playoffs for sure. Like those teams that have like yesterday, uh, the heat had like a 25 point lead and Boston came back. Miami still won, but like we've seen these blowouts <laughs> at some point, but like a neat elite is never safe in the NBA, right? College and sports or excuse me, basketball in general is a game of yeah. runs. So thanks. Thanks. Look, Beyonce, if nobody else believes in y'all, I do. Okay. All y'all need is a lot of hope, a lot of things to follow y'all's direction. Maybe a bottle of, you know, Mike's special juice from Space Jam. Y'all can use some of that. Um, need all of that. I don't know. It, need it's... all of that. Last, uh, last episode, we had our guy Royden on, Keith, and he's from Houston as well. Or reps Houston. He's not from Houston, but he reps Houston. I know you rep. Houston sports, are you really like? Are you really into the Rockets, the Texans? How you feeling about how about the uh, Houston basketball scene? I was actually thinking about this this weekend. Um, it's been really tough being a Houston sports fan. Like I, LePaul, I give him all the chips because he stays in it. <laughs> he rep it. I'm like, I just think about the chronology of the Rockets. They haven't been good since I was four years old. (laughs) Like, it's no other way to put it. Like, (laughs) Like a consistent good. Like, oh, man. Because I really sat and thought about it. I was like, all right, memory lane. 
So, all right, they got the championships, you know, the throwback, red and yellows. That was a good mm-hmm. time. I even had one of those jerseys still. Then we get to the pinstripes, Stevie franchise. And I'm just like, all right, oh, now we got Yao Ming. Never panned out. I don't think they ever went past the first or second round. So there's that. And that was a good squad. But then I realized, like, Steve Francis, Katino Mobley, Moochie Norris, I was a huge fan of him. T-Mac. Kelvin Cato. Um, and I like I thought about it like I was like man now that I'm older and I look back at that team I only thought they were good because I was a fan mm-hmm. that was not a good team and that's how it always is blinded by fandom right yeah man T-Mac happens, bro. As a I didn't like fan, the T-Mac acquisition like I knew T-Mac was one of the best players in the NBA but just based on how the Rockets move <laughs> I knew that was gonna pan out what happened yeah. pan out then the same thing, Chris Paul. I was like, oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, the history shows. Yep. The Rockets. Russ, is- James Harden. Yeah, man. It's It's been a rough, yeah, across the landscape besides the, the Astros. I don't. How are the uh, Dynamo doing? I'm not totally sure. They're like, every time I look up, they've won the championship, and then they suck like the very next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't know. They're all over the place. And yeah. then of course everybody hates the Astros. Speaking of everybody, yeah, yeah, yep. like, yep. Royden brought that up last episode, man. Astros first for Houston sports, first for the Dallas Mavericks. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, <laughs> it's <laughs> two to one. <laughs> well, uh, but we shall see. Y'all in the pool party with, uh, with some floaties? Oh, yeah, man. Yes, facts. Pool party need to be canceled. <laughs> pool party needs to be canceled. Hopefully, hopefully they boys show up tonight in Dallas, but. Now it's time for What that sound? No! Nerdy news segment brought to you by Shout out to Keith. That's crazy. And he's on the pod. He's on the pod, my boy. Keith. Man, I remember back in the bro. Yeah, yeah. How did, yeah. How did that, how do, how, how does the mind work? You know, we're going oh, to the mind of the, the producer, composer here. Yeah, man. Okay, so I normally start off with, um, if, like, if I ever show a picture, um, of like a screenshot of my DAW. Mm-hmm. I usually start off with the color green because to me that's like the heart of the beat. So I think for that one, the heart of the beat usually stays throughout the entire so it's the dun 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 uh and just from there I honestly think I blacked out. <laughs> and then it was done and I was like, "Hold up, what?" He got another personality. He just Speaking was. of speaking of blacking out, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know the little sound it makes when his eyes go white. <laughs> and he's standing there, everybody's laying on the ground, with their legs folded behind their what neck. What was that TikTok he sent me? Oh, of like <laughs> was he beating his kid? He, he told his kid to take out the trash zone. Yeah. And his kid basically that. told him, like, but yeah, I'll, I'll just do that to you. <laughs> Very creative. That's so Very funny, creative. Man. Like, and I blacked out. 
All I remember. Hey. Oh man. Hey, we we got Keith in here for the nerdy news segment, man. We've we did not get a chance to talk about the Moon Knight finale. We had Doctor Strange like right around that same time. Um, Keith has really been on it as far as trying to understand Moon Knight. Uh, okay. So first, I have to preface everything I'm gonna say by uh refresh if for those of you who did not know i went to school for psychology um so that was where like when i saw in the first episode they put the um they put the little notice or whatever that there would be um not mentionings because they didn't mention it directly um Mm -hmm. but they would show aspects of dissociative identity disorder that's what really piqued my interest in the show (laughs) and you got up in your chair like oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, wait a minute now. So I was like, okay, let me pull out the old psych Bible. Uh, That's dope. And you go through the diagnostic criteria, they hit every point. And if you don't mind, I will go read. ahead, bro. Please, right. please. A disruption of identity characterized by two or more distinct personality states, which may be described in some cultures as an experience of possession. The disruption in identity involves marked discontinuity and sense of self and sense of agency, accompanied by relate, related alterations in effect, behavior, consciousness, memory, perception, cognition, and or sensory motor functioning. These signs and symptoms may be observed by others and reported by the individual. So just with that first, that first criteria, Stephen didn't know how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the, like that right there um and then so b recurring gaps in the recall of everyday events important personal information and or traumatic events that are inconsistent mm. with ordinary forgetting again because the show and this like before i get into the jake locker that's at the end of my spiel <laughs> the show started as Steven. Mm-hmm. And Steven was realizing, wait, I'm not the only one in here. Mm. So then Mark makes himself known. Then it's the Mark show. And Steven's like, wait, this is my body. What's happening? So then they get to know each other. And for pretty much episode two, three, four, and five, it's them coming to terms with the fact that they are both with each other. Yes. So they get to know each other. They become buddy, buddy. Uh, they stopped fighting over the body and share. Mm-hmm. And then you had the post credit scene that fills in those gaps where when it was the Mark show, you're just like, wait, how come Mark don't remember doing what he normally does? Mm-hmm. Which is beat up everybody on the scene. And then Steven comes back and he's wondering what's going on. So it was really interesting to see how at first it was Steven waking up, like what happened? What, what, what's with all these dead bodies? And then it <laughs> turn around and it happens to Mark. So it's like, oh, okay. So it's more than two of them in there. C. The symptoms cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, and other important areas of functioning. Usually for that criteria, they talk about um, I, did I say occupation? Yeah, occupation. Mm-hmm. So how Steven basically got fired from his job because he didn't know what his body was doing half the time. So I was like, all right. Stay off. They hit that one on the head too. D, the disturbance is not a normal part 
of a broadly accepted cultural or religious practice. Note, in children, the symptoms are not better explained by imaginary playmates or other fantasy play. Mm. I'm going to come back to that one. And then E, the symptoms are not attributable to the physiological effects of substance, i.e. blackouts, chaotic behavior during intoxication, or another, another medical condition. So with the children, in episode five, when they started breaking down how Steven was created mm-hmm. um, with the whole situation with his mom and then him, like, Mark having to come to terms with the fact that, yes, I created you so that at least a part of my memory believes that it had a happy childhood. Mm. That, I think, that's one of those things where in terms of character development, they went, they went really deep. Really, episode four and five, when he was in the, um, the asylum with mm-hmm. Dr. Harrow, like that. I feel like those two episodes did more character development for Moon Knight than I've seen in any Marvel show, period. Because that's like, that's deep, deep. Um, and that was with um, Wet. I think mm-hmm. that's the name. Yeah. Wet. Yeah, that was kind of... Elephant God. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of what... When she showed up on the scene, that's what she was telling them. She was She was really talking to Mark. She was like, Mark... You, cause she knew, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna come back to that too. She knew, she, so she told Mark, she's like, "You're gonna have to open up to Stephen." Doctor Harrow mm-hmm. was saying the yeah. same thing. He was like, "You have to open up to Stephen." Right. So, Mark, which lead, which led me to believe, at least during the time, that Mark is who that person really is. Mm-hmm. Um. So going back to what I said about Arouette knowing about Mark's mental situation when they showed mark uh, after the whole situation where um his his lady's dad got killed and all that where he met Kanshu, right Kanshu mentions because i think they showed this scene twice in different episodes but he yeah, meant the one at the end too i think they showed the scene at the end yeah but he was like you have a very interesting mind mm-hmm. that might not be exactly what he said but he being this, you know, non-physical presence was able to see that this person had a fractured mind. I think it was maybe episode two or three when Harrow first met him and told him, Kanshu is taking advantage of you. So it's like all of this points to the fact that Kanshu chose this particular vessel because he saw an area of opportunity with the fractured consciousness. So, of course... Yeah. When Mark and Steven decide, all right, we're cool. We've come to terms with why we both exist. We're going to coexist. We're going to share this body. We're going to live a happy life. We're going to love this woman who is your wife, who I'm also in love with. And that was another (laughs) thing I thought was interesting, that Steven was literally everything that Mark probably wanted to be for his wife. That's crazy. Like from no, being into Egyptian mythology and knowing the French poetry, like all of her interests were Stephen. So that was another like, man. Um, but yeah, so they came together there. I was like, all right, Kanshu, we're getting out of this deal. Like we've done what we needed to do. We stopped Amit. Um, so set us free. 
And Conscious was like, <laughs> okay. Finger little do you back. know. <laughs> yeah. Little do you know I was prepared with a little contingency. And then <laughs> you get that <laughs> post credit scene with Jake. My guy speaks Spanish. What what's so crazy? So of course Keith Keith with the with the crazy breakdown right there. Um uh, next level right there. Let's let's get some hands on. So we we mentioned or you mentioned Jake at the end. We all talked about the post credit scene. Do we remember back in episode one? Dan, you might have mentioned this previously. I did. Um, I, I know what you're about to say too. Is this yeah? So episode Dang. one where um, Stephen or Mark or Jake uh, forgets this date with that one chick. Is that our first clue to to that possibly being Jake because? Steven didn't remember. Mark, you know, has a wife with Layla. We we assume he wouldn't, like, his right. character didn't say anything about being promiscuous, cheating, all that stuff. So he had forgot the date. So can we assume that this is our first clue to maybe where Jake was a part of, you know, this show? Absolutely. Absolutely. I must, this is... We talked about this before the show, when the show was still going on, like who the hell asked this chick on this date? Because we're assuming that Mark has this code. If he's willing to get away from his wife to protect her, certainly he has some sort of commitment and respect for her that he wouldn't step out on her, right? So my thought process is actually, you know, since we're, we're done watching the show now, that was definitely Jake. And I say this because second part, Mark, as intentional as he is with, protecting his wife he doesn't have a sensible bone in his body he's very shut off his emotions so to me there's no way that he had any type of game to pull a woman like that yeah so it had to, it had to come from somebody who was somebody had a little who was swag suave, had a little swag a little suave so i'm like okay it had to be had to be jake Cause she when she popped up on buddy and in, in the in the museum she's like you know she's really feeling him like mm-hmm. like flirting with buddy in the open so he, you know steven obviously being reckless and not knowing like of course sure the date we're going on, it's like shout shout out to Jake. He yeah. might be a snake, <laughs> Jake the snake, but it's, it's Jake know how to pick him. So that was yeah. it. for me. That was clue number one. Yeah. So if I guess my question when when do we think we'll see Moon Knight again? The character. Oh. What pro- I'm not really familiar with him comic wise, besides being a part of Midnight Suns, but. Maybe Blade. It's the next project, right? You think so, Keith? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Man. And I think Blade, well, they don't have a timetable for Blade, but I mean, everything dealing with who, I mean, they're part of Midnight Suns back in the comics. So that would be a project where he could pop up. You have um, um, Dane Whitman, Black Knight. I don't know if he has a spinoff show, but he could possibly pop up in Blade. Moon Knight could, I, I feel like that's a good spot where we could see him next yeah. um, and where they develop his character. They haven't decided if they want to do a season two yet um, of Moon Knight. I feel like a, out of all the projects, that would probably be one that would get a season two, especially introducing Jake at the end. Um, I'm trying to think of other projects coming up. Nothing hey, on that good. side, right? What'd you say, Keith? 
I said, and Scarlet Scarab. Like, they just popped her up in that last yeah. episode, and it was just like, oh. Right. The uh, MCU Wonder Woman, I think I said last time. But, yeah, her, yeah, she was she was killing it. She was dope. Woo. Man. She was dope, man. But, yeah, man, appreciate Keith with the with the breakdown of Moon Knight. Because, I, solid. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm learning something right here. Like, right, oh, he man. took us, he took us all to school, man. He, right. he, uh, I seen him read for a book. I was like, wait a minute. He's just, I said, this brother took notes. I was like, man, I'm about to be impressed. Yeah, and he pulled out the book, like, man. <laughs> He's like, oh my god. And I th- the question that I feel like will lead to season two, because this was my biggest question. I was like, okay, so now that we know that Mark created Stephen mm-hmm. as a trauma response, basically. Mm-hmm. Did Jake create Mark, who created Steven? Or Ooh. did Mark create Jake? Or did Khonshu create Jake? Man. Yeah. That's a good question. Because if it were if it were Khonshu, then that means a part of Mark wants to be Moon Knight forever. And that's Jake. Jake is like, I'm, I'm, I want all the smoke. Let's go. Thanks. Yeah. That's... That's a good question. And you, you you said it like in terms of building character from episodes four and five, we peeled, they peeled back several layers of this. My favorite episode was episode five, just, just off the strength of us getting a, a glimpse at why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Deontay, we, Deontay and I said, we were talking about the, the order of the episodes. And if they would have had episode five as the first one, I wouldn't have appreciated it because building up to it, there would have been so many gaps that I, you know, I just wouldn't have had appreciation for it. But to your point, the way that Marvel created these, this situation for us to dive into these characters like this, they have to equally be as creative in answering your question about who created like the chicken or the egg type of situation. So it, yeah, that's my last impressive question. Um, Cause you kind of just, brought it up in my mind i don't think mark likes killing people because <laughs> oh. when they went into that room mm-hmm. and he and he was like gabon like naming all the places he remembered mm-hmm. them and then he was like you try taking a life or something like that or you try forgetting yeah. it so it's like Sheesh. that whole like mark pretty much reluctantly took that deal with conscience right. he was like i don't want to die man right and it, like so it goes back. You see, <laughs> Jake had no qualms at all. None. He was just like, oh. <laughs> Who's next, bro? Who's next? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that's a good that's, way to uh, put it. Yeah, that's probably something they could they definitely could explore in a season two. Of course, they hadn't mentioned if there was gonna be a season two yet. I think it'd be a smart move to do it. A lot of people didn't like Moon Knight the show, and I think it's kind of due to the fact that it wasn't your all-out action-packed um, spoiled man content. Yeah, Marvel spoiled. spoiled us in that in that regard. But sometimes it's a good good thing to step back and, like he said, with the breakdown of everything mentally and how the show went deep on that level, something to appreciate that Marvel um, can can ver- be versatile and do stuff like that. Um, you're going to see a lot more. I mean, they're giving us content on a daily and it kind of could get stale with doing the um, action, action, action kind of thing. And with these shows, it gives it time throughout six, nine, however many episodes to dive into characters, 
uh, background and um, mental state and things of that nature because, I mean, some are godlike, but you have human qualities and things like that. So, yeah, appreciate Keith for the for the breakdown of Moon Knight. Um, we all think Blade is possibly the next uh, project he could appear in, which would be dope. Um, of course, with Doctor, Doctor Strange, could that be cool? I mean, if Doc will pop up in there too, they giving him the uh, the uh, what's the lady from Popeye's treatment where she was leaned over in the chair? They doing that with Doctor Strange because he's oh. popping up. <laughs> Actually, they doing that with Wong because Wong Wong is in every MCU property. Uh, bag bag. Of course, uh, yeah. This next part, yeah, She Hulk with the She Hulk trailer. Wong is. Her, ah, reportedly going to be in that show. Did y'all happen to see the trailer for She-Hulk? Yes. Yeah. What'd you think about the CGI, which everybody is talking about? Hit, miss. Eh. I didn't well, really like attention to it with it. Yeah. A lot of people didn't notice it. Apparently, uh, like a lot of these uh, visual effect companies that you know do Marvel stuff, do WB. Apparently, they're way far behind. They're still like catching up on projects and stuff, which could be a part of it. Marvel did say that they were going to fix it. It kind of reminds me of the Sonic situation. It wasn't as bad bad as Sonic, but I think it'll get fixed. Um, but as far as the show in general, it's supposed to be nine episodes following. Um, uh, dang, what is the character's name? Ah, uh, I'm gonna have to look up her name now. <laughs> Bruce Banner's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not super uh, familiar. Jennifer Walters. Jennifer always... Walters. There we go. What'd you say, Keith? I'm not super familiar with She Hulk, so I always wondered how she tied in. Yeah. It's, so... She's the cousin of Bruce Banner, and um. But how does she get the 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 right so situation? I actually did I did research on this one because uh, I didn't watch the comics, but I I read or I didn't read the comics. But She Hulk in in the comics she has like an accident. Uh, she hit she gets shot in the comics, and in order to save her life, Bruce gives her some of her his blood, making her She Hulk. Hmm. Um, in the trailer, it had like a car flipping over. So I'm thinking that she might have got in an accident and and that way Bruce gives her a blood transfusion making her hope or she hope. Um but it it's supposed to be like a nine episode, thirty minutes, like how WandaVision was, but each episode is supposed to be a new like case for her because she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it could be pretty cool to kind of see if like each case is a different cause she's She's a lawyer for superhuman or superheroes, basically. And so it'd be cool. If, I don't know if they're going to do it to bring different characters in. I, I believe, which we'll talk about in the next part, Daredevil, uh, Matt Murdock is going to be a part of the show. And he's a lawyer as well. So it'd be cool to see those interact. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else I saw. Uh, Matt Blonsky, uh, Annihilation, who we last saw in Shang-Chi, which I forgot he was in Shang-Chi for a little bit with Wong. Right. So we'll get to figure out why he's there. Um, I think we could possibly see, because I saw a shot of like this facility. We could probably see like I could see a dark, another Dark Avengers tease because we haven't heard anything about that since um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, it'll be interesting. I I think um, with the thirty minutes, people feel like they kind of will. But I think it's supposed to be like a comedy type. Like MCU is doing what they want to do as far as the, you know branching out and doing different things. But I think people eventually gravitate to it, and I think I'm excited to see who they decide to pop up in there. Let me see. I feel it's like just... they've gotten to a place now where they don't have to have every project be like the overarching reach everybody. Like they can kind of mm-hmm. niche down now that they're putting out all these different superheroes. Cause like you said, uh, not everybody was vibing with moon Knight, but I mm-hmm. had a great appreciation for it just cause of my scholarly pursuits. Yeah. Um, and then like Royden mentioned in the last episode that, uh, Dr. Strange was supposed to be a horror film. So it's just like, I I don't see anything now that Avengers has kind of set the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those heroes can have those type of movies, and then mm-hmm. everybody else that they bring up can have their own like genre specific type yeah. of. I, you bring that up, and I think of Miss Marvel as probably tailored more towards the kids. Like, I mean, it's teenage, probably the youngest hero that we've seen so far. Like everybody else been adult, right? It's like the first kid hero yeah um so yeah i think that kind of goes to the that you know that kind of audience that may enjoy that i'm still going to consume it obviously because the mcu but yeah i think i, I agree with that i did um, see, um i did see a cloak and dagger on hulu the mm-hmm. old one i what yeah I, 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 yeah i think it's, it's the old like, one yeah but it was like i never heard oh, of it oh yeah 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 that's the they were I think it was yeah, like 2017 2018 yeah but like the fact that I've never heard of it to me suggests that that's not something that comes up in my ads mm-hmm. via the information channels and yeah the, the information highway yeah. um <laughs> but that was like to me that was like I I don't want to say Degrassi because Degrassi went way left but that target audience yeah mm-hmm so. yeah we mentioned Daredevil uh. Of course, this news dropped from Variety, but I think I think it was, you know, coming down the pipeline. Disney Plus series for Daredevil in the works with Matt Corman, Chris Orr set to write. Um, article mentions that it could be like a soft reboot of the series from Netflix, which, um, I, I mean, I believe Disney opened up. Didn't they say they were going to open up as far as the maturity of the content on Disney Plus? So, um, I don't know if they'll go M on Daredevil. Uh, I think that I think that's going to split the fan base either way if they go M or PG thirteen or whatever. Um, But that was probably my favorite Marvel series that um, or that was on Disney. Or excuse me, on Netflix, um, you had The Punisher, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, bleh, and uh, <laughs> uh, The Defenders. But yeah, Daredevil was the first one on there, and it's probably the best, in my opinion, with Vincent D'Onofrio, who we already saw in um, Hawkeye. Right. So they're there, and then of course we already saw Matt Murdock in Spider Man. So no surprise that this is coming. I think people are just waiting to see how much of it is going to be the same as the Netflix show. I think they mentioned it being a continuation, but not 
entirely. So um, I hope the cast comes like the full cast comes back. But you better not drop the ball. That's all I gotta say. Bro, In your is... opinion, how would they drop the ball? Making that man PG, like not. I'm not saying I need nothing but violence, but. We talked. We literally just talked about it. There are plenty of avenues. Everything doesn't have to be cookie cutter, family friendly kind of show. They some of these guys need to get their hands dirty, and I I don't think you you provided disservice not only to the comic book itself but also to the fans that supported it while it was on Netflix. If you don't go all the way, I'm not saying there has to be blood and gore in every single scene, um, but the element of the brutality or the element in brutality that surrounds this particular character is necessary um, just because it highlights this particular character who is very, very special and is very unique in that manner. Um, much yeah. like Moon Knight, like that series, you, it can't be successful or it can't, you can't deem it successful unless you have some scenes that are going to be, of course, too graphic for younger audiences. And that's okay. There are other shows that the, some of those audience can go to. This might not be one of them, and that's fine. Um, yeah, I need, I, I need, um, I think it's going to be 13. That's not choreographers that's definitely should, whoever's involved <laughs> need, with that. I need. <laughs> <laughs> did I play that already? I think I did. Oh, Wait, God, I mean, is, Daredevil. is it this one? Like, that's right. That's what I want. Like, that's what I need. I need. I need. <laughs> Brought to you by Key. But my favorite part of making that was I didn't like if not to go the TikTok or the the video you made for it was so dang funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like I, so, I'm kind of as a producer, I understand how much vocal editing goes into it. And I really appreciate when I don't have to do anything to somebody's vocals. That was my favorite part. I was like, dang, dang, hit that note so well. <laughs> yeah. I have to make something out of it. It's perfect. I don't have to touch it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. man. Glad That's to great. make your job easier for you, brother. Much <laughs> uh, another series that's definitely rated M for Mature, The Boys Season 3 trailer was released. Of course, it looks like it's centered on Homelander. I need to go back and watch. Like, the series is so far apart. Wasn't it like a year and a half ago, season two dropped? I feel like it was long ago. Um, All running together from my memory. But yeah, season three dropping in July or June? Was it? I think it's June. Um, let me see. Keith, did you watch? Did you ever watch Boy, The Boys? I actually never heard of it until I saw it in the notes. So oh. I looked up like oh, I yeah. up what the premise was. It's uh man, it's it's decent. It's decent. Well, how would you best describe the boys, Dane? It's the it's not the glamorous side of superhero work, okay? It's yeah. the other side of it, the stuff that they don't tell you about in the job interview, so to speak. Yeah. So imagine you Oh go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, like, have you seen or heard of Invincible? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it was like, it reminds me of Invincible about how crazy the show is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily similar shows, but the grittiness, um, 
And then what Dana mentioned is like, if superheroes were in the real world, that's how I feel like the boys is. What's funny? What you, what, huh? There, there was a quote in the She-Hulk trailer that like, I, that kind of gave me an idea of what that show might be about. She was saying, uh, she's like, oh, I'm not a superhero. Superheroes are for billionaires and yeah. narcissists and apparently yes. orphans. Mm. Yes. And I was this reading is like, the yeah, the yes. boys, yeah, the boys <laughs> yes. is like cap- capitalizing on superheroes. The realism, the realism associated with superhero, like everything isn't going to be all glitter and gold yeah. and successful and saving. There's going to be some grimy stuff and some stuff Secret you just got to look past. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And some politics. Poli- politics. It's yeah, a, a political superhero show. Yeah, that's the best way to call it. But uh, yeah, Boys Season 3 dropping June 3rd. And they don't do all the episodes at once it's right it's right. like weekly I been so that. long but yeah be sure to check that out when it drops and dane and i'll talk about it. i don't think we talked about it much on the on the pod but we'll, we'll talk about it when it comes back <laughs> um and then the last the last thing before we get out of here guys nbc i just mentioned this today and today um nbc reportedly offered to merge with ea electronic arts this is from ign Says NBC Universal reportedly almost merged with Electronic Arch, Arts <laughs> Arch as Comcast CEO Brian Roberts apparently approached EA CEO Andrew Wilson with the proposal to combine the entertainment media company with the gaming giant. Mm. Um, the proposal fell through though, and apparently EA reportedly spoke with other big companies such as Disney, Apple, and Amazon about potentially being acquired. Keith, had you seen this? Have you heard about this? I have not, but it sounds terrible. Like that. I, yeah. I'm like, what is no wrong? I'm I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I'm on a you know, we're all gamers. I'm thinking about the gaming aspect of exactly. it. What do they want to do? Like the the best I could see, the best case I could see coming out of this is like Oh, they make an Apex Legends TV show or something like that. Mm. Um, but like, just think about Madden, which I haven't bought since I think Madden 09, because you know. God how, bless you, brother. Yeah. God <laughs> bless you. You know how that goes. There, unfortunately, there are other individuals in this very group right now that have folded under the pressure of capitalism that we find very, very, very irresponsible. I, I, I play with the game. game so I could. For content for the pod, so I can tell mm-hmm. people how bad it is. Back, back to what you were saying, Keith. <laughs> yeah. So, isn't okay. is Chris Collinsworth still on there? Yeah. Oh wait, on Madden. Disgusting. Yeah. No, 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 he's not. Is is it Gus Johnson? No, it's Brandon Godden and uh, what's the other brother? Davis. Uh, I gotta look it up. Brandon Davis. I didn't buy this. Like, year, I already know that it's not somebody that's under NBC's umbrella. Oh, Charles Davis. Yeah, Brandon Gotten and Charles Davis. Charles Davis actually does Fox games for college and NFL sometimes. So hmm. that's where, because, I mean, NBA Live has basically been dead for mm-hmm. the past decade and a half. Um, there's FIFA, which. Just lost FIFA. <laughs> right. Um, Mr. Another show. So as far as sports, they really only have golf and football left. Yeah. And golf doesn't really, I mean, I guess they're commentators, but that's not the highlight of 
Like people who watch golf, I don't think watch it at all for the commentators. And EA, you say EA has Apex. I don't play Apex. Yeah, that's their that's their uh, bread and butter right now. Their Fortnite. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. On the sports side, yeah, I didn't think about that. They lost FIFA. Madden has been their bread and butter. Um, Golf. So they might be doing it as like kind of leverage to get some of those franchises back. Yeah. Like, oh. I, yeah, and, and even in the article, it says EA's interest in acquisition has reportedly increased since Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard earlier this year. So, yeah, it's... But that makes sense, because that's a tech company. Like, Microsoft, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. make games. Right, right. NBC Universal makes that's... content like, that yeah. you can see visually, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, man. I I'm losing hope for sure, for the college football game that's supposed to come out next year. Um, Excited to have a college football game, but when it's EA at the helm, EA Sports Mm. specifically, we know know how that's gone the last few years. Dane, go ahead and say it. Mm. Shame on you, Deontay. Okay, okay. Shame on you. They did Mm. have different uh, developers, though, because I remember um, like Madden was Tiburon, Tiburon, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that folded. Yeah, but those same people, like just they just moved over. yeah, they just transitioned them out of that umbrella, but they were still working on Madden. So, as long as they just keep those people working on Madden and keep them away from yeah, college football, and the whole new team, <laughs> they really could just bring back the college football team. It's like I don't, I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're bitter about not being able to work on that project at all or anything. But or bring back the the guys or bring the guys in that worked. On, well, apparently they did. Uh, the revamp, the people that helped make the college football revamp, some of them got hired for it for uh, the college football game. Dane, you knew that, right? Like I told yeah, we talked. We talked. We talked about it on the pod yeah. a while ago. Yeah, yeah, shout out to those guys. So hopefully they can have some type of impact and uh, turn the tide as far as bringing back some type of glory to what we enjoyed back in the day, man. But this would be the only time, the only time, come back, come back, sports, sports franchise history where I will be okay, where they took the engine and every they just took a game. And just put a new year on it. This is the yeah. only time I would be okay with that. Just take just it. Just bring back the 14, old one. Update everything like the college revamp. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. give it to us in a disc or digital download format where I don't have to mod my Xbox. Right. Like that's, <laughs> I don't think Simple. anybody would complain about that. No. I don't know. It's crazy that game is still being played eight years later. Just goes to show. Well, one, of course, the game ended. That's one reason, but it was really a good game. Like, Very good game. Damn. But uh, yeah, man. Episode eighty six of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Appreciate our guy Keith coming through. Much appreciated. Thank you, man. Long overdue. Obviously, yeah, man. Hey, let let the people know where they could you know consume your content. <laughs> My content can be found uh, on social media at say underscore hi h i underscore Keith. E before I. I have to make that known. Very important. Very. Because if you go on YouTube and you type it the other way, I'm sorry, children. I didn't think that too far. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think about that at all. Um, 
yeah and then of course on all streaming platforms for the music um it's just high keith h-i hyphen k-e-i-f because social media doesn't let you have hyphens so yeah that's weird yeah, yeah. i'll make sure to put everything in the description man keith joining us on episode 86 of the duo sports and stuff podcast be sure to uh continue to give us ratings and reviews if you haven't already on apple spotify has a rating as well don't forget that youtube likes dane how did how did the youtube people do hey man make sure you subscribe and get all the fresh new premium content man join the naughty gang and that's what they tell you all the secrets that they, they put at the very end of the video and it's only like five seconds of a 25 minute video horrible we don't do that here not not on our watch we not the, the kind of program we have didn't tell you to help us out yeah. <laughs> Episode 86 of the duo. Appreciate everyone for listening, watching. We out this thing.